BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Great to have you with us as All-Star Week has begun here in Cleveland as the eyes and the ears of the world focus on our city We thought it would be a lot of fun to have NBA Commissioner Adam Silver join us. And so, Jim Jones, we look forward to that conversation, as well as Mike Snyder a little bit later on in the show. You know what it is? It's an opportunity for our fans to have access to one of the greatest men in sports of all time, Adam Silver. And uh, he says some choice things, some things, some informational things that uh, he's going to talk about that will be truly eye-opening. Boy, no doubt. So we look forward to that. And again, Mike Snyder coming up at the end of the show to uh, wrap things up. So stay with us. Cavs HQ presented by Betway will continue after this time out on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Honor and privilege to announce that the 2022 All-Star Game will be held here in Cleveland, Ohio. That was Commissioner Adam Silver announcing that indeed the All-Star Game would be coming to Cleveland. And now the week has arrived. It is All-Star Week. And boy, are we thrilled to have with us the Commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver. Commissioner Silver, we appreciate you stopping by and spending a few moments with us on Cavs HQ. Well, thanks, guys. Um, Always great to be with you and uh, 
Tim and Jim, I, I look forward to seeing you in person later this week. We look forward to seeing you as well. And, boy, let's delve into it. It seems like just yesterday that you made that announcement that the All-Star Game would be held in Cleveland in 2022. And, of course, uh, the 75th anniversary of the NBA. So what a landmark year for Cleveland to be hosting the All-Star Game Commissioner Silver, what stands out about Cleveland and and hosting uh, this monumental event for the NBA? What stands out about Cleveland is, first thing that comes to mind is, of course, you guys remember, is that's where we were for the 50th anniversary of the NBA. And and I can't say we set out so strategically to then 25 years later being Cleveland – But when Dan Gilbert and Len Komorowski came to us um, and proposed we bring the All-Star back to Cleveland once all the, you know, the the work was done on Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, we said, boy, that just seems to fit perfectly that a quarter of a century later, an opportunity to celebrate now the 75 greatest as opposed to the 50 greatest last time we were all there. It just seemed very fitting. and, And it's also... The Cavs have become a model franchise in so many ways, and, and I'm glad sort of coming back corresponds to this sort of this rebuilt team, all this new, you know, you know, really young, great talent on the floor. So we're just, we're just thrilled to be back. And, Commissioner, it's not just the game, which, of course, is the centerpiece on Sunday night, but all the peripheral events that come with All-Star Week, uh, the, the HBCU Classic uh, with Howard and Morgan State, the Clorox Rising Stars. If you could, take a moment and just reflect on not just the game, but all the events that really make up the entire week and, of course, the weekend. Absolutely. Um, so I, I've been with the league now. It'll be 30 years this summer, and it's been, it's been interesting to watch the evolution of sort of our All-Star activities and to your point, it's really become now a full week's activities. And I think particularly important to us is to leave a legacy in the community we come to for All-Star. So as you mentioned, we're doing something for the first time ever this year, the HBCU Classic. But um, in addition, we're revitalizing a rec center. We're doing work throughout the community. We know that at a time when every community in the country coming out of the pandemic um, is focused on economic opportunity, um, we're bringing tourism. We're bringing guests from around the country to a certain extent, people from around the world, you know, given the relaxation of restrictions that are able to travel, you know, to us, you know, this, this all-star, and I never would have thought this when we named it is, is become an important um, sort of, you know, a milestone really in coming out of the pandemic when, you know, looking back, it'll be almost two years since we suspended the season in March of 2020, and I think now this, to me, is it, it, hopefully the beginning of the end of this pandemic. And I think people are waiting, are, are ready to celebrate. Watching certainly the Super Bowl, seeing people out, like you know, having a wonderful time. You know that what live sports entertainment can do for the country. I just think that you know now, like the sense thing that we can really do all our events and activities as we had planned makes it even that much more special. Again, we're talking with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, gracious enough to stop by and pay us a visit on this week's edition of Cavs HQ. Commissioner Silver, you mentioned you've been with the league for 30 years. Uh, I neglected to say happy anniversary to you. February of 2014, you were named commissioner. So uh, eight years on the job. I'm not sure when you got the position you thought you'd face a a global pandemic. But, uh, boy, how fast have those eight years gone by? They've gone by incredibly fast. And, um, 
you know, I was fortunate that I had a great mentor in David Stern yes. to, to help me prepare for the job. But even then, you know, it's one of those things. W- w- once you get the position, there's so much um, that happens in a league like this when you're global and you're subject to events happening around the world, to things, of course, happening in our own country that it definitely keeps you on your toes. I think with this pandemic, um, I, I'm so appreciative of the players, the teams, um, ownership, everyone around, around the league that came together and figured out a way to allow us to play over the last two years. I mean, look, it seems like, you know, ancient history when we played in that bubble down in Orlando, Florida, but um, we somehow found a way that year to finish the season. And then last season, of course, most of the regular season, we didn't have fans in seats, but then to see, you know, a, a return to something that looks a lot more like normal this year. I mean, there's still, you know, some restrictions we're dealing with and some vary community by community. But for the most part, it's NBA basketball as we know it. We got fans in seats. And as I said, this all-star week, I hope when people look back a number of years from now, they will see this as a symbol of the reopening, not just of the league, but of the country. Um, I think in the same way we saw that Super Bowl um, on Sunday, that it, it, it signified that, you know, people are ready to be back to life as they knew it and and are exhausted, of course, by the, the pandemic. We all are. We, we, we went through the things we needed to do, you know, to get back on our feet. But now, hey, let's go. Let's let's celebrate the game. Let's let's celebrate life, frankly, around this all star. Commissioner Silver, if we could, uh, a quick thought on the state of the NBA game today. Of course, the Milwaukee Bucks are the defending NBA champions. They beat Phoenix in a stirring series. Uh, this year, you've got the likes of Memphis and Cleveland. So these small market teams, per se, uh, excelling. As much as the league loves the history and the legacies of the Bostons and the L.A.s and the Chicago, how important is it and how beneficial is it to the league to have these small market teams compete at a high level and for championships? I think it's critically important that all teams be in a position to compete for championships and to run reasonable businesses as well. Look, we are a business, and I think it would also be very unfair to so-called small markets if the only way they could compete for championships at the end of the day was to not run a rational business. I think that, and, and I think the players appreciate that as well at the end of the day. And as you've said, we've, we've seen enhanced competition over the last several years. I think we have eight different teams have won championships uh, since 2010. So that's a positive sign. I think we're always looking for ways to improve competition around the league. And I think there's also a recognition in this league that it's, you know, creating that any given Sunday notion they have in the NFL is, is a little bit more difficult in a sport like ours um, that where one individual, obviously with only five players on the floor can have so much of a kind of a much greater impact on the outcome of the game. But having said that, I think, I think the basketball looks great. I think aesthetically the game has looked better than it has in a long time. I like what we've seen in the, some of the new rules we put in place this year, some of the, you know, the, the category we're calling sort of the, the non-basketball moves that have become prevalent on offense that was those kinds of moves that were designed to draw defensive fouls, you know, we've moved those to non-calls, and that's changed the behavior, I think, of a lot of, 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 a lot of our great scorers. 
because they are such incredible athletes, they just adjust to the rules. But as a result, I think we're seeing more free-flowing basketball. And, and as you noted, we're seeing more competition around the league. So I'm really encouraged by that. Adam, we got about a minute in this segment. But real quick, you mentioned the, uh, the, the rules. I think the playoff format has also become very popular. Yeah, and, and it, it's become popular in, maybe in ways we didn't anticipate. So, you know, I, I assume you're referencing the play-in tournament, something we started mm-hmm. down in the bubble and then continued last year. And that's something that allows the teams in ninth and 10th place in their conference to continue um, competing to get into the playoffs right at the very end of the season. And, well, when we designed that, we knew we'd be creating some great competition around those games. What maybe we didn't anticipate to the extent it worked out is that teams it would create such incredible competition around the entire last month of the season so you on one hand you have teams competing to make sure they're you know one through six in the conference so they don't have to participate in the play-in tournament and then you have teams sort of further down um, in the standings that sort of are aggressively pursuing those ninth and tenth slots because they know once if they can play into the playoffs, the season starts over right. and they can compete for a championship. So what, what we saw, for example, last season was with less than two weeks remaining in the season, we still had 24 teams in playoff contention. So it, it the, the, the sort of the trickle down in essence of the competition was greater than we had anticipated when we put in place. So I, I think it's here to stay now. Oh, I love it. We're going to take a very quick time out when we come back. I know my co-host Jim Jones is chomping at the bit as he's got some questions to throw at Commissioner Adam Silver. Again, we appreciate Commissioner Silver stopping by and paying us a visit. We'll have more after this on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway all along the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, all along the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. And, of course, we're so honored to have with us the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver. And, Jim, I know you've been waiting patiently, so uh, I'll let you start this segment with the commissioner of the league. Adam, a couple of things. One of the things I wanted to talk about in particular was uh, social network. You know, we've had the agricultural age, the industrial age, and now the information age that demands a non-traditional approach to marketing your business. I remember, Adam, seven or eight years ago, you were talking about the Internet. I know your people have been involved in that before that. But then recently I read in 2021 the NBA was the number one trending Google search engine. Let's talk a little bit about that and, and how traditional marketing, it still works, but it doesn't do what you need done globally. So, Jim, um, that Google statistic, I when I read it at the end of last year, number one trending search term in the U.S., I frankly was shocked as well. Um, and as we understand that from Google, when they say the NBA, they mean the NBA, its teams, its players. So really any search related to the NBA. But the fact that we were the number one trending search term in the U.S. sort of blew my mind a bit, to be honest. <laughs> and I think it, it, it just goes to show, you know, that this league is pervasive in society that, as, as you, you know, coined it, sort of, we, we are part of a social network and in many ways we're a social network onto ourselves. I mean, one of the dramatic changes that I've seen in my close to 30 years in the league is how global we've come. I mean, just by way of example, 
the all-star game will be distributed to 215 countries and territories, and that's through conventional television. But we also have a social media community now looking globally that is over 2 billion people. That's over 2 billion people who are connecting with the NBA, one of its players or a team in some manner. And so it, especially in, you know, we have political divisions in our own country. There's obviously enormous political um, factions and divisions globally, and there's very few things around that, that truly can bring people together. And one of those things is sports. And one of those sports is basketball, probably right after soccer on a global basis. So we take that um, responsibility very seriously, you know, to, to use this sport and its values um, as, as a way to connect people around the world and show people that we're all humans and we may have disagreements in some cases, very deep disagreements about political systems and about human rights, but through um, sport, kind of what we're seeing now in the Olympics, um, the, you know, on a level playing field, people can compete through a common set of rules and help people better understand each other. Adam, was your motivation at first, I remember about seven or eight years ago, I'm sitting there with McCoy and some of the older, older guys, and you had made <laughs> mention that there were 30 million fans that were interested in college basketball that didn't transfer to the NBA. Then I read recently that your reference to your workers was the challenge that 99% of your fans never attend a live game. And so you grew from just talking about the domestic marketing to a global marketing. Talk a little bit about that. Sure, Jim. Well, just as you said, the way we try to look at it, there, there are in some ways many different experiences um, you can have with the NBA. Of course, there is that in-arena experience where it's not just that you're watching it live, but you're part of 19,000 fans or so in the building. It's the, the cheering of the crowd, the energy that's produced by NBA basketball. Obviously, your eyes can take you wherever you want while you're in an arena. It's not a director on television choosing what you see. You may be looking at activity in the stands or on the bench or a player doesn't have the ball, that you don't have that luxury on television. And then there's what I always refer to as the best seat in all sports, the court side seat, because mm -hmm. I think even for people, maybe are just casual fans of basketball, they recognize there aren't many seats like that at any sporting event. So then start thinking about technology and realize that only a minuscule portion of our fans will ever experience being in an arena. When you think of our fan, uh, that, that global network of fans I talked about, and even among those fans who get to experience the NBA in arena, you know, other than, you know, announcers like you guys or mm -hmm. the fancy ticket holders, most people never get to sit courtside. But through technology, we have an opportunity to replicate that experience. And think, now we're seeing things, even when I said that, you know, seven years ago, whenever that was, it was beyond my imagination to be thinking of what they're referring to as the metaverse now or yes. Web3, yes. sort of this, these augmented experiences where you can now be courtside in a virtual manner. You can, frankly, be on the court. You can yes. be in the locker room. And, and I think so where the league is putting a, a, a lot of its resources now as we think about the future is how can we create experiences for these fans around the world, those who will never come to Cleveland, probably never come to even the United States, never make their way 
into Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, but say, all right, we know you're not going to be there in person, but here's the next best thing. Here's this virtual way of experiencing our game or an all-star game. Well, when you talked about the virtual, let me give you an example that I know that your people have to be proud of. Is uh, Clay Thompson's return paid off on the Instagram. You generated 103 million viewers? Really? It's quite incredible. I, that's all I can say. It's in, in, in ways, as I said, when, you know, not just 30 years ago, but even 10 years ago or five years ago, we're now seeing through the use of technology in a way, a way to connect with people that we just didn't think was possible. And I, I think, again, what makes my job so exciting is that invariably when we're all talking, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, we're going to be scratching our heads and say, <laughs> who would have thought, you know, now we've taken it to yet another level. So, and, and, and those are the kinds of things we're constantly, constantly experimenting with. And throughout this week in Cleveland, you, whether it's now NFTs are the latest rage, we're doing yes. things around NFTs in the yes. community. I bought um, some. <laughs> oh, well, great. And, you know, we're, we're just, we're trying new things to, to, to allow people to engage um, with our players in our, in our game, recognizing that, again, even if you use the larger number of people who can come into an arena, 19,000 or so, that's a tiny percentage, even of a community like Cleveland. Yes. In closing, I just want to talk about the effect that you've had uh, because the fan has evolved also. And uh, with all your actions and what you guys have done on social media, I know your main concern is still the fan. But let me give you a quick example. We had a game here. We played the Warriors. We had them. We had them, Adam, until the fourth quarter. Curry scores 18 (laughs) points in the fourth quarter. And our fans are cheering for him. The most hated guy in Cleveland for four years of going to the finals, and our fans are cheering for him. So when I do the post game and the, and, um, the announcer comes to me, he says, I'm upset. I said, why are you upset? He said, because our fans were cheering for Curry. I told him that it's a new kind of fan. He still loves his home team, but he's decided that he could also like other players. We call it the fluid fan. Talk a little bit about that and how that works into what you're trying to do. It's, it's such an interesting point, and and – it comes up a lot because I think there's a recognition for all of us who've been at this a long time that you can't turn the clock back. Yes. And while, you know, I think we all grew up in an environment where it was your hometown team and you just, you were trained, you know, (laughs) consciously, unconsciously that you didn't root for that opposing player. And I think the fact is that modern day fan, and you said it just right, they can, keep multiple thoughts in their head at the same time. Maybe we couldn't when we were younger, (laughs) but so you can, you know, both be a Cavs fan and want nothing more than for the Cavs to win. But at the same time, cheer for great basketball and recognize in in your example, Steph Curry, you have one of the greatest ever, you know, maybe the greatest shooter ever in your building, putting on, you know, and performance for the ages at that game and think, all right, I'm going to applaud a great performance. And it takes nothing away from, my team and my engagement, my loyalty, my fandom for my Cleveland Cavaliers. And I, and, and I think that's the way the world's going. And, and by the way, you see that, uh, you know, in, in the NFL with a, like a red zone channel where yep. it used to be people just wanted to watch their team. You know, they'll go to the red zone maybe when their team's not playing and say, I just want to see some great football. And I think it's the same in the NBA. And the other issue real quickly is, you know, there's there's more mobility of players than there was in the yes. old days. Contracts are shorter. Yes. Um, you know, and, and it's it's just part of life. And, and 
and we all move more. I mean, I see even in terms of my colleagues here at the NBA, people move around the country much more than they used to. They change jobs more often than they used to. It's, it's, it's a different time. We, we all just need to adjust. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Commissioner, uh, again, we cannot thank you enough for your time, and certainly uh, we're looking forward to a wonderful weekend here in Cleveland. And as we celebrate the 75th anniversary of the NBA, and you talk about your 30 years with the league, uh, the last eight as commissioner, uh, I'll leave you with this. When Jim Jones Ah. won a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers in 1980 on Magic Johnson's 42-15-7, Commissioner, you were a senior in high school. (laughs) And we were watching it on CBS tape delay. Think about how far the league has come. (laughs) And and I was watching it, Jim, on CBS tape (laughs) in the suburbs of New York. So, uh, you know, it's the one thing I love about this league. You know, we all call it the NBA family. It's so true. You know, we all stay part of it it seemingly for our entire lives. And we all have these connections through sport and through basketball. So anyway, it's, it's just a great part of hopefully that the the experience people will have this week, that that this is bigger than a game. And it's just, it's a, it's a way for people to see commonality with each other to, you know, overcome political differences, ideological differences, and, and, and just love sport. And so thank you guys for well, thank uh, you, you know, all that you do around the game. Thank, uh, you very much. thank you, Commissioner. We appreciate the time, and uh, we look forward to seeing you here in Cleveland. All right, great. See you soon. Commissioner Adam Silver of the NBA joining us on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Again, a huge thank you to the commissioner. He's a busy guy. We'll have more after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. The Real Black Friday will host the 7th annual The Real Black Friday Black Business Expo at Tower City Center located in downtown Cleveland during All-Star Weekend on February 19th and 20th. This event will provide Northeast Ohio residents with access to 200-plus black-owned businesses in Cleveland during the weekend. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with more Cavs HQ presented by Betway after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back, Cavs HQ. It's presented by Betway. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. And again, a huge thank you goes out to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and everybody within the NBA office that worked with us and cooperated with us in getting the commissioner on for All-Star Week here in Cleveland. Jim, a couple of thoughts on what we heard from the commissioner. Boy, what a great conversation. Yeah, he's just a great guy. He's the man of the times. And, Tim, I just wanted to throw a number at you just to show you how important globalization is for our sport. The NBA's YouTube channel generated 1.94 billion views in 2021. That's the most viewed year in the channel's 16-year history. Wow. You know, and what I'm trying to say is this is this is the big time. I mean, what's happening here this weekend with the All-Star game, the amount of positive impressions that are going to be made because they're in our great city, it just can't be measured. You know, it's interesting. I had some fun with it, but that's why I wanted to bring up you winning that NBA title back in 1980. <laughs> you got and, me on that one. <laughs> well, and we're watching it on CBS tape delay. Yes. I mean, I remember not watching the 11 o'clock news because I didn't want to know who won. So right. I, I left the room so I could come back at 1130 and watch the game. But uh, think about the growth yes. exponentially of the league 
from that point until where we are today. It is this global entity, this global iconic uh, standard that the NBA has set. There's no brand like ours. There are imitators that the National Football League is the biggest. Just think about what they did last night. They had a halftime show of rappers and uh, hip-hop. And some people might say, well, why would they have that? What, where's our usually our country western or some of our hard rock stars? Well, over the last three years, the number one genre globally is hip-hop. That's why. That's why. That's, that's what the fans are demanding. They're no more sellers. The fan, because of choices and the strength of the Internet, have become what we call buyers. They're telling people what they want to see. They want interaction, that, like Mr. Silva was talking about. They want access to our players. When I found out that 99% of our fans will never go to an NBA game, but still were growing beyond the imagination, it lets you know the power of this sport. Well, and as he said, uh, everybody wants that courtside seat. Yep. Everybody wants to see that game or see the game at that level. And so we'll uh, see. We'll see. You're the only guy that can afford those one thousand dollar <laughs> seats for for forty for forty eight minute game. Well, usually if I'm courtside, I'm either looking around you or JB Bickerstaff. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but to that point, to bring that technology onto people's phones or yes. onto their computer to say. Yes. Yeah, you can't you can't sit right by the floor unless you're an incredibly fortunate person, but the technology now brings that to you and I think the NBA has set that standard as far as sports leagues are concerned. Yeah, they have. You know, I read all the time. And so one of the things that I was reading recently and I said, "Wow, 90% of the world's population has a phone." So we're not talking about 5-year-olds. We're talking about somebody has 2, maybe 3. But 90% of this world has, has phones. Let me tell you another quick story. In 2016, I'm getting all this mail for, for four years, the years before that, from China, uh, Indonesia, Russia, all over the world, right? And they want me to sign them, and then they put the envelope in there, and I mail it back. So one day I'm going to tour this engineer, and I said, you know, I keep getting all this foreign mail. He said, you don't know why? I said, no. He said, because there's no agreement for the audio, there's an agreement in place for the video, so they're watching it probably on their phone, but the audio they're hearing is you. <laughs> you know, they take the home feed. So that just shows you how this is growing. You know what I'm saying? If they have a phone, Tim, they have access. And think about this before we take the break. When you use that example, as you just did, Jim, think about the billions, literally billions right. of eyes and ears that will be on Cleveland. You're right. This week and this weekend. That's amazing. So, again, hats off to uh, Cleveland and everything they're doing to host NBA Week. It's going to be an amazing week here in Cleveland. And, again, can't say enough about the uh, cooperation of the NBA to have Adam Silver join us. Uh, Boy, you shoot an email and they say, sure, (laughs) the commissioner would love to come on. Like, wow, okay. So, again, huge thank you to the NBA and Commissioner Silver. Yes. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, not quite as iconic as the commissioner, but Mike Snyder certainly has a great history and legacy. We'll talk to Mike after this on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Out front, Love, long three, right on the mark! Kevin Love! Oh, it's a whole lot of love! It's a burden love! Levert floats, scores in the lane! Jairus LeVert with another dagger bucket. Garland comes around an Allen screen. Garland comes up with a left hand and laid it in. 
Darius Garland took it right to the big fella, Joel Embiid. Garland saying, I've been all-star too. He's got 25. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway along the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us. Jim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, of course, the two guys on the other side of the window that make it happen. Barty Allen and Kurt McLaughlin, the dynamic duo. And, of course, uh, another huge member of the Cavaliers radio broadcast party is Mike Snyder, your pregame halftime and postgame host. And, yes, uh, he has filled in for me several times over the past couple of years. And, Mike, uh, always great to have you on Cavs HQ as we now enter All-Star Week. Of course, uh, the Cavs with one more game tomorrow night down in Atlanta. But, Boy, it seems like yesterday that uh, it was announced that Cleveland would be hosting the All-Star Game, and now here it is. And, boy, what a year for the Cavs to turn things around and have this resurgence with the All-Star Game coming to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. That's a great point, Tim, to really be uh, one of the teams that's really being talked about this year. The timing of this, uh, it really is perfect, really, for the Cavs because they are one of the stories, really, in the league, and we are well beyond the midpoint. We know that. But I think that, yeah, that, there's a little extra buzz, I think, in town. And then the representation that the Cavs are going to have for the entire weekend with the players. And I think it's just going to be a terrific week here. And, and it's really great, I think, for the Cavs. And, and I think we all know you, Jim, where, everywhere we've gone, people have been asking more about this team. And, and more and more, we want to learn exactly what's going on with this team. This could be a great week in town. Yeah, it will, Mike. You know, one of the things that uh, we talked to Adam about was the globalization of our sport, and it really couldn't happen at a at a greater time. If you really think about it, Mike, this young group of kids that we have and where the league is going, it all just seems to fit. First of all, I'd like to get your thoughts on Garland, who's developing very quickly into a super player. Well, he is, Jim. You know, when you look at this team, he is poised. He's learning things as he goes. They're throwing some things at him, bigger guys at him, but he's making the, the adjustment. But, wow, where he's come. I, I heard Doc Rivers the other night in his pregame chat with the media where he said, yeah, I knew Garland was good. He goes, but, wow, I mean, he's really taken off. And it has just been so fun to see. Uh, he's got range, I mean, all over, as Tim says, you know, from Lorain County when he's hitting at home or <laughs> wherever it may be, from the from the Liberty Bell in Philly, wherever it might be. But also his awareness of seeing the game, Jim, and you pointed this out so often, too, that and he's making his teammates better. That is the ultimate in that role, and he's getting that at a young age. And what a story. I, you know, so He stays well. There's just no limit for what I think he can do. I want to throw this to both of you guys uh, because uh, you've been around the history and the tradition of Cavaliers basketball going back a long way. Does this team, does this group uh, remind you of any previous Cavs teams that kind of grew organically? I would probably go back to the Doherty Price teams, you know, uh, and I think that 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 kind of grew. This group kind of has really kind of surprised us all. I think from the beginning, the way it ended last year. But I, I I think that that would be the team that I would think is is most similar. And I think that there's a lot of reasons for that when you look at the, the the size, you know, the the big guys that you had Doherty. Then of course with the addition of Nance with Hot Rod, and then you look at Mark Price, that point guard, and and here you have a Darius Garland. So for me, I, I see some similarities there and the great Lenny Wilkins coaching and and now you've got J.B. Bickerstaff you know running this team so for me I think Jim uh, that would be a group that 
that I would see more the most similar group. Yeah, I would too, uh, based on style of play, because the LeBron era was mostly uh, the ball dominant, uh, ISO, and he was such a great player that he could carry a franchise. Uh, but uh, this team is very similar to that team. They do a lot of ball sharing, no ball dominance unless uh, Garland makes up his mind that he wants to score, and it takes sometimes longer than other times. But the one thing that I think has changed is the the unique profile, and that profile has changed from the perspective of defense, where you can switch all the way across the board and where you have uh, multiple players with tremendous skill sets that can do a variety of things on the offensive end. I think that's where it changed. But I'll tell you what, I told uh, Jared Allen, that is some of the best center play over the last 20 games that I've seen as a Cleveland Cavalier. I just think he does so much for us that goes unseen. Guys, uh, 25 games remaining. It's hard to believe that we're 57 games into this thing, and I don't think there's any doubt uh, the Cavs are looking beyond the 25 regular season games that are left on the schedule. But what becomes the focal point now? Uh, Where does that final push of the final third of the season begin? Well, I think that we're kind of into that, Tim. I I think we started really this weekend. I I think the way the game was played in Philadelphia, the way the Sixers kind of took the Cavs really very seriously. They were ready from the get-go. Uh, they were up another notch or so. As J.B. pointed out, I think the players even talked about it afterwards. So I think now you're you're into some games where, yeah, we all know what the postseason is. That's It's a different level even there. But you're like in the middle of now playoff positioning. Every game really takes some meaning. And I think you're going to see some of these teams, like whether it's Philly, uh, we'll see Miami again. It's going to be a little different, I think, in some of those games. So I think it's a good time to learn some things to know that, well, you know, you think you've been here, but, man, well, we got a little, little more here. And these teams are a little more serious about it. And there is a lot at stake right now when you look at the East. Well, what is it, like two and a half games separate the top five teams? So I think we're kind of into it. It'll be a good time to come out of the break. Hopefully you can get this one in Atlanta and then come out of the break and get ready to go and then just get healthy. You know, I was thinking about it, guys. They've not really had, you know, everybody with Markin and right, Garland and right. now with Levert. They've not had that for any real period of time. Yeah, you're all over it, Mike. I love you, man, because because you're on the pulse of what's happening. Just to support and endorse what you said, that's why we've been getting off to such slow starts because the image in these young players' minds is the way teams have played us for the first 40 games. But uh, as we know, we've been getting off to slow starts. And then a light goes on, and because of fatigue, we just, we got too far behind early to catch Philly. And it happened the night before when we let Indiana get hit. They're, they're playing playoff basketball against us. And it's a psychological adjustment. Coach Bickerstaff is just great. His staff and what they do for our kids. But they have to get off to better starts. Think about it. If they get off to a better start against Philly, we probably win that game by 10 points. Jim, can you tell not only Mike and I, but Cavs listeners, what it's like to play in pressure games in playoff basketball uh, it's funny we mentioned with commissioner silver the the night you won the nba championship in philadelphia with magic <laughs> but can you tell listeners what that's like what the difference is between playoff basketball and regular season basketball from a player's perspective you know what it is everything's familiar they know what you can do and what you can't do the other thing is that you're constantly fighting when you wake up in the morning till you go to bed at night you're fighting these two things, playing not to lose and playing to win. And it's a psychological adjustment, guys, because if you're playing to win, you end up like the Rams. 
you know, they took some chances. They had some small windows. They made the big passes and the big catches. That's how you win in, in uh, pro sports. And so I just think those three things are what you're dealing with every night. And then all of a sudden you get to the arena and you say, hell, I'm just going to do what I do best. And that's all the game demands. Just do what you do best. Yeah, you got there. You know, you're in that playoff because you, you earned it. You know, you've done, but just to your point, Jim, you know, be who you've been. That's really what we need you to be, even this time of year. We're not asking for more, but, but again, you know, you get into that, it is a cat-and-mouse game. It's the beauty of, a, of an NBA playoff series because one game is so different from the next. They can all really take on their own identities. It's crazy. I mean, I've seen over the years, you see that opening game, and uh, the home team wins by 15, and then the next time out there, oh, the adjustments were made, and that the team that lost, all of a sudden it's a close game, or they pull off the upset. And it used to really be scary when you go into those five-game series. Now seven, you know, if you've got that home floor, you've got a chance to, to make up if you stub your toe early. But that's what's always so fascinating. And, and that's still another area that this group needs to go through. But I think they're going to get some tests because these, the, you know, the NBA, we've talked about the regular season. Now, how much does it really mean? Well, it's going to mean a little more, it looks like, in the East right now because I think everybody wants to be in that top three or four, and obviously out of that play-in. And you look at Boston and Toronto coming up. I mean, this thing is, you look at the top eight, it's, it's pretty impressive what's going on in the East right now. But I think we'd all agree, this is a team built for playoff basketball. Jim, you alluded to it all starts at the defensive end, and you have the elite point guard who can also score in Darius Garland to orchestrate things. So uh, this is a team, and I'm not saying, or nor can I guess how deep they'll go, but it's structured to be a playoff team. Would you agree with that? I totally agree with you because the point to be made is that we his two guard, which is Levert, is a mid-range scorer. So if you can't get to three, he can get you something from two. And he's not shooting the long mid-range. He's shooting the in the paint at the rim, which is has more to do with efficiency than the volume of a three-point shot. I just think that they've got every piece they need, and when you can play some of these teams night in and night out, I think the advantage is going to go to the Cavaliers. I do think, too, you know, that you get into this, that the Cavs really do have a nice thing going. To Jim's point about Jared Allen, he's, he does a lot of things that maybe don't even show up in the box scores, how they, how they, you know, how they affect the team. I do think, though, you know, you get down to what we just alluding to the Super Bowl, though. You know, you need your guys – in the moment. For the Cavs, I mean, it's going to be Darius Garland. Maybe maybe it's LaVert as well. But you look at those guys. Like, it was Donald. It was Stafford. It was Cup. You know, the guys that have been there. Right. And, you, yeah. and you get to that crunch time. You know, it's your guys. That, all right, you know, my All-Stars. My All-Stars, they need to be there at that time. And that's what's exciting to see this team beginning to go through now because they're poised to be, you know, in the mix of it for years to come. That was the Rams' big three, wasn't it? They say they only do that in the NBA was the Rams' big three. (laughs) That's right, and they did, didn't they? (laughs) They sure did. All righty, Michael, we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow night when the Cavs are in Atlanta, but appreciate you spending a few moments with us here on Cavs HQ. Thank you, Mike. Great to to be with you guys. Thanks, Mike. Mike Snyder, you'll hear him tomorrow night. Cavs pregame, halftime, and postgame host along the Cavaliers Radio Network. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll put the finishing touches on this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Boy, there's all sorts of thanks to pass along. First and foremost, 
the commissioner, Adam Silver, joining us for this week's edition as All-Star Week comes here to Cleveland. The commissioner gracious enough to take a few moments out of his very busy schedule to join Jim Jones and yours truly. Of course, a great big thank you to Jim and the dynamic duo on the other side of the window, Marty Allen and Kurt McLaughlin. And yes, Mike Snyder for joining us as well. Now don't forget, one more game before that All-Star break tomorrow night. We'll be in Atlanta. Cavs taking on the Atlanta Hawks. That's going to do it. Again, thank you so much for listening. And from the Cavs Radio Studios, so long, everybody.